This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Mike's football questions have been circulated around the room. They should be very intriguing. We are moving those to 11.20 today. Why? Because, in part, we had to move a few things. We have Mike Maddox, the new pitching coach again, for the Texas Rangers at 10.22. I really love your brother. He's my favorite. That is 100% how I was thinking about starting (laughs) off the interview. And I have found a question that could soften the blow of just being like, hey, why isn't Greg here? What if he hates his brother? They like each other. Oh. Okay, good. Okay. Well, I was about to, I might have had to chicken out for that question. It might have changed over the last three to five years, but they liked each other like three to five years ago. Okay. You well, never if, know. Thanksgiving could have gone bad. That's true. Well, you know what? Now for you, I'll have a follow-up question. I'll be like, Mike told me three to five years ago you guys got along. What has happened since then? Are things going well? Yeah. All right. So ESPN put out a list. You can debate and squabble over this all you like, but the list is... The top 25 under 25 players in the NFL. Luca. How? No, no. I mean, yes, if that was the NBA. In the NFL, how many Cowboys do you think make the cut? And who is your number one player in all of the lands? Three come to mind, Corey. Is oh. Parsons, C.D. Lamb, and Trayvon Diggs. Oh, he's in the conversation. Yes, in this. This is only 25. Is he 25 already? He's 24. Okay. Uh, So those are three that come to mind. You know who I don't think is getting enough love for what he's doing? Dorrance Armstrong. Sure, but he can't be under 25, can he? Uh, I would say Tyler Smith. But I don't think for some reason he's going to be on this list. So I don't want to put him there. But I just think that Tyler Smith is not getting enough credit for what he's been able to do filling in for Tyron Smith. But... I don't. I, I'm going to say three, and Corey, help me out if you feel like I'm missing a guy right now. By the way, Dorrance Armstrong is 25, so he's not qualified. Okay. You have to be under 25. I, I think you're right with the Tyler Smith part of it. Uh, the additional part of it is like, and that's future. I think Sam Williams might be considered in this in the future with more playing time. So I think those two. I don't know, Kevin. I haven't looked at this list to see if there are any rookies on it. Uh, I feel like I. I feel like there are going to be a lot of second year I'm guys. Sure, like here. Sauce Gardner will make it. Like, yeah, you know, like so. a, a super stud like that. Yeah, he's having a fantastic year. So. Now, or a mod, which I didn't know yes. his first name until I pulled this card the other day. Yeah, we pulled an autographed number to twenty five Sauce Gardner card at RJ Dukes, and Mike was just kind of like, "Oh, a mod Gardner," yeah, and I was like, "That's Sauce." Oh, I was like, "Oh, well, this is actually a good card." I didn't know who this a mod guy was. So, just to show you how tough this list is. Here are some of the players that did not make the cut. Devin White for the Tampa Bay Bucks, which that is shocking. Like a year or two ago, there is no way he would have been off the list. T. Higgins, not on the list. They're an honorable mention. Creed Humphrey, Javon Holland, 
and Trevor Lawrence all in the honorable mention wow. category. Trevor, after what he did just they not did watch Sunday? him play yeah. this week? Jeez. 320 and three touchdowns. Not even possible. 29 to 37 against the mighty Ravens defense with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Well, their defense hasn't been super great for a while. It's okay. And Suggs no, rushing the passer. None of those people. All right. So you say three. Corey, do you think Tyler Smith makes the cut? Or do you think either one of the people that Mike lists do not make the no, cut? I think, I think that like CeeDee Lamb's fifth in the NFC in receiving yards right now. I think he's made his case to be one of those top 25 under hey. 25. So I think Mike's got the, the right three. Is there anybody better than Micah who's under 25? I'm thinking of quarterbacks. Joe Burrow's already 25 now. Herbert might. Herbert's still under 25 as far as I know. He is. So Herbert's going to be in the top five. He's, to me, the best quarterback, I think, that's under 25. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, Corey. I'm not. I'm just. Herbert. Herbert is the only guy that I think is under 25 that could beat Micah Parsons on this list. Yeah, I, and I don't think I don't think Herbert at this point has done enough. Honestly, like I know he's agreed. I, I still have some things. He's doing yeah. things though. I mean, if you look at what he's doing, throwing touchdowns. Stats, yeah, no, nobody's ever done it better than him. He's got to get. He's got to win some Dan games. Marino. He's got to win some games. But he beat Dan Marino. No, he's second, I believe, behind Dan Marino. Is well, Dan Marino played he for a lot no, of he years. You just hate Kevin. Herbert. You're just making no, things he, up to make him worse. He is second behind Dan Marino. Why do you hate Herbert oh, yeah, so much, right. Kevin? I mean, that's still pretty darn good. By the way, somebody <laughs> asked, yeah, oh, I'm behind Dan Marino. You're a spare. Yeah, right. Is, Tony Pollard is 25, so not eligible for this list. Okay. All right. So my next question is, if you think those are the three Cowboys, how would you stack them? Like, does it go Micah, the best, and then who? Yeah, Micah Diggs, CD, still. I mean, what Diggs did last year was unprecedented. All right, it's like or not. I don't. Yeah, no, it just right. doesn't happen that often. I, I I like his list. And okay, I do think Diggs and Lamb are tough. As in, you can mix and match them. Micah, it's not tough. Micah's one of the best defensive players, I think anybody's ever seen up to this point. We'll see if he continues it, but he's one of the best defensive players in the history of football through whatever twenty five games, yes. or whatever he's played. From the 682, they brought this up. Where does Justin Jefferson fit in your hierarchy? Top five. Okay. I think he might be my number one. I would one. say like top three. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go. I mean, I'll really, I guess I'm homering it up here, but I'll go Micah Parsons as the number okay. one player in the NFL under 25 years old. Holy crap. All right. Let's see where we get with this. The Here we go. Top 25. Antoine Winfield, the safety from Tampa Bay. They, they do have some elite young defensive players. Kyle Pitts at 24. That just kind of shows how maybe his fault, probably not his fault because of the quarterbacks they're rolling out, but the hype level of Kyle Pitts becoming the greatest tight end in history is off to a slower start. Jerry Rice did make Joe Montana's career. so That is preposterous. Joe Montana won two Super Bowls before Jerry Rice even got there. Those were Bill Walsh's Super Bowls. (laughs) Okay. All right. The next, the next. How many of those? So Jerry Rice won one Super Bowl realistically yeah. without uh, Bill Walsh. Yep. With all due respect to George <laughs> Seifert, uh, Christian Derisaw is twenty three. Penny Sewell twenty two. That is a person that we talked about a lot in terms of Cowboys interest. Justin Fields twenty one on the list. That's amazing to me that he's twenty one and Trevor Lawrence is off the list. Because you think that is wrong. I think that they're going off of really recent recent bias right there. But 
that's that's fine. Do you think Justin Fields has had a better career thus far, though, in terms of mm. impact? It's close, but I would lean. I, I can't lean either way. They haven't really okay. made a major impact. But if you're going off of Trevor, you can't. They didn't include Trevor Lawrence's last game. I guarantee you, they did this list way before Sunday. I probably so, so. They were going off of the last three games of Justin Fields because before that, Justin Fields was fifth on the list of of the five first round picks going into this season. So, Corey brought up, he believes Sauce Gardner will make the cut. Sauce Gardner does, in fact, make the cut. He is 20th. CeeDee Lamb, 19. CeeDee Lamb, 19. So, top 25 NFL players under the age of 25. CeeDee Lamb, number 19. Jonathan Taylor, 18. Again, just to show you how competitive this list is. A year ago, it felt like Jonathan Taylor might be staking his claim to the best running back in all of football. A.J. Terrell is 17. Rashawn Gary is 16. And I want to say underrated, but he is ahead of Jonathan Taylor. 15 on the list, Trayvon Diggs. This is interesting uh, because when I scouted A.J. Terrell, I was like, I'd love to have that guy. I really would like to have that player. Uh, and then to see he and Diggs where they are, like that's that kind of lets me know. I thought Diggs would be this kind of player too, and here he is, kind of you know he's. I think last year made the big splash. Yeah, this year is making the look. I'm I'm this good at cornerback. You know, and it and it's wild just to show how elite this talent base is because right behind, right ahead of Trayvon Diggs is Jalen Waddle and DK Metcalf. So I can't say like. Oh, Trayvon Diggs got screwed. Jalen Waddell is incredible, and so is DK Metcalf. So that's 14-13 on the list. As we move towards the top 10, Andrew Thomas, number 12. Brian Burns, number 11. That's somebody that the Rams were willing to give up two first-round picks for, and he's only 11. By the way, I wrote this down real quick. How many more yards do you think Trevor Lawrence has thrown for this year than Justin Fields? Uh, 800. Yeah, 1,000. Okay. Quite a bit. Sure. Now, I know it's 834 yards rushing to 179 yards. So so he gets almost all of it back right there. Yeah. I mean, I am looking. I tell you one thing, and I do like Justin Fields. Don't get me wrong. I like him as as a player. He's improving. You want to know one of the luckiest stats I just accidentally found on Justin Fields? What's that? Eight fumbles, none of them lost. Oh, that's pretty good. So when you look at that. He always gets the ball back. That's bad. As in future, like he might not be learning his lesson. And Justin Fields is just ahead of Trevor Lawrence in QBR for the season. He's 15th in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence is 16th in the NFL. All right. Top 10. Still no Micah. Where was CD again? I'm sorry. CD was 19. 19. And Diggs 15. Still no Micah. But him being in the top 10, not a particular surprise. Tua is number 10, top 25 players under the age of 25. Just ahead of him, Jalen Hurts. I believe I might flip those I would flip two. those right now. It took two a minute to to boot up, you know? Yeah. This year, especially with the injury and everything, but that offense has become the most fun offense to watch. The whole team's a lot, an absolute blast. Jalen Hurts, I understand, though, Kevin, at this point, the record this year That's where they're putting it. And I'm going to help some people out because I know we had some technical difficulties and breeze back through this really quickly. Antoine Winfield, Kyle Pitts, Christian Derrissaw, Penny Sewell, and Justin Fields, 25 through 21. 
at 20. Sauce Gardner, CeeDee Lamb at 19. Jonathan Taylor, A.J. Terrell, uh, Rashawn Gary, number 16. Trayvon Diggs, 15. Then Waddle, Metcalf, Andrew Thomas, Brian Burns. We get to the top 10. Tua, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Sertan, and Rashawn Slater. The interesting thing about that is Patrick Sertan at 8, Rashawn Slater at 7. Those are two more players that we had talked about quite a bit through the draft process. But the good news is Micah's either not on the list, which would be insane, or he's ahead of both of them. Quinnen Williams is number six. Powered now, by Oreos. What's that? Powered by Oreos. When he ran his 40, yes. he said, I had Oreos for breakfast. And we've been, we were trying to get him. You know, we were trying to trade for him the last couple of years, uh, and it never came through. I tell you the top five are these five players. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Micah Parsons, Tr- Tristan Wirfs, and Justin Herbert. It's a good list. How does your order go? Well, you just read them in that order. I bet he mixed them all up. Yes, I did. My order would be Micah Parsons 1. Justin Jefferson, two. Justin Herbert, three. Jamar Chase, four. Tristan Wirfs, five. Okay, mine would be Micah, one. And that's Homer. Uh, Justin Jefferson, two. We're the same. Um, Jamar Chase, three. Oh, no, we're way off. Now. Herbert, four. Oh. Wirfs, five. So we switched three and four. Hey, you guys both have Micah at number one. Let's see. Number five on the list, 24-year-old quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. That is Justin Herbert, he is the highest-ranked quarterback on the list. Number four, Tristan Wirfs, the tackle for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I would probably swap him and number three, who is Jamar Chase. So Jamar Chase is third, Tristan Wirfs fourth, Justin Herbert fifth. So it is so crazy that Joe Burrow had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase on his championship. No wonder that team (laughs) was so freaking awesome. And you know, for the most part, most people that have had situations like that, nothing as good as that, but people that quarterback at USC, like Matt Leiner, or, you know, you think of some other quarterbacks that have two premium wide receivers and they don't really do that good in the NFL. And we find out, oh, man, their talent was just so supreme at their school that they're really struggling because of the talent that they are going up against in the NFL. But you look at it and you go, man, Joe Burrow came into the NFL. I know he got to carry one of them with him in Jamar Chase, but he hasn't struggled you know, that much in the NFL. Well, he worked on his arm strength. Liner always had light arm. Uh, and some of those guys, I mean, there was always something with them. Either they couldn't read something or whatever. The number one beef that people have with this list thus far is Jonathan Taylor should be higher. And I could definitely get that. And from the 254, Chase is better than Jefferson, guys. I disagree. The list has him. Yeah, I mean, but like I personally disagree. I think Jamar Chase is awesome and he might have been better at LSU. But thus far, in terms of the NFL, I'll take my chances with Justin Jefferson. I do think it's really close. I think Uh, it it can keep (laughs) flipping every year, honestly. Like, I think that they're that close. All right, top 25 players in the NFL under 25. You guys say Micah 1, Justin Jefferson 2. I say Justin Jefferson 1, Micah 2. Well, guess what? It's a good thing that I'm not in charge of making this list because I would be wrong. Justin Jefferson, second on the list. Micah Parsons, number one in all of the lands. He's 23, so guess what? When they do this list again next year, he should probably still be number one. Although, I guess 
Jefferson is 23 and Jamar Chase is 22. So they might try to get in the mix right there. But yeah, Micah Parsons, best player in the NFL under the age of 25. And he's 23. He's going to be like that forever, man. The best player under 25 until forever. Do you think he'll still be like the best player under 30? And I mean, not that's wrong. Uh-huh. We, I, we In two years, that will be oh, okay, inaccurate. Yeah. But like, will he stay on the list of like best player under 30? I think 30 he might and, be a top five player under 30 right now. Wow. You know, All like, right. I'll have to get back with the research on that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's how good of a player he is. It's how much of an impact he makes on every game. And that's what you're looking for in playmakers is can they make an impact on every single game he does? Absolutely. And he does. He is number one on the list. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we will talk with Texas Rangers pitching coach once more, Mike Maddox, right here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Morning, guys. How are y'all doing? We're doing excellent, and I promise you, I promise, 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 the rest of this entire interview will be all about you, but I do need to tell you (laughs) that my favorite baseball player of all time is Greg Maddox, so if there's any way you could tell Greg that Kevin loves him (laughs) and that is his favorite player, I would really appreciate it as I'm going into business for myself. I do have a question based on that as well is – do you think if he was coming up in the ranks right now, like we go back to 1987, do you think they would try to change his style of pitching? Man, I would hope not. I would hope not looking back on what we know. Me too. <laughs> you know, uh, if stuff works for you, why change it? You know, Mike, when it comes to that, obviously you were the pitching coach for the Rangers for a while. You've been the pitching coach of the Cardinals recently. How much has – Pitching coaching changed in the last 10 years? Well, I, I tell you what, that's a, uh, might be an individual question that you could get a different answers from. But um, I, I'm a firm believer in you stick by your convictions and, and coach with what you're good at. And I've always kind of been a grassroots type guy that, you know, I think you command the fastball and change speeds. That's the recipe to winning. And that's um, what I've kind of preached 
for as long as I've been doing it. Now, there's new tools that we can use, you know, um, all the analytics, the track man stuff and all that. you got all these pitching labs with um, pressure plates in the mounds, and, you know, they can we can get so smart. And sometimes we inundate players with information when, you know, we need to pass on wisdom. Now, I think if you uh, have experience and, you know, you have wisdom to pass on, that that wisdom will get a player further than information will. So um, that's kind of my stance. Uh, you know, command fastball, change speeds. Let's keep doing that because it's proven successful over the last hundred and some odd fifty years of baseball. Now, you one of the things we did a study a while back uh, where I think it was like what all the playoff teams, Kevin, were one through eight yeah. or one through six in strikeouts. And I was like, man, that that seems clear. In terms clear. of getting strikeouts, yeah, yeah pitching yeah. pitching strikeouts. And I was like, that seems pretty clear that you want some strikeout pitchers, but you were able to to help guide uh, two two teams to the World Series with uh, with the Rangers here without like dominant strikeout pitchers. What is where do you stand on like? Oh, I do want strikeout pitchers versus I just want guys that can that can execute this thing. Well, you know, there, there's a time and a place for a strikeout that would be perfect. You know, with your man on third base and less than two outs, sure, you'd love to have a strikeout at that point. All right, so, um, you know, situation strikeouts are huge. But um, strikeouts, uh, you know, people say that the immaculate inning of um, nine pitches and three strikeouts, they say you can't do better than that. And I say, no, you can. I think three pitches and three outs is about the best you can do. And if we want to go deep into games and we want to see what that eighth and ninth inning look like, well, you got to hold your pitch count down. And the only way to hold your pitch count down is to get quick outs. And naturally, we would love to have a strikeout pitch or something that I can strike a guy out with. But the best result for me is one pitch and one out. And, you know, if you get the ball on the ground, take the sting out of the bag, keep the ball in front of the outfielders, good things are going to happen. And, you know, you look at your, your team behind you and just through the years, there's been a lot of gold gloves, you know, that sat behind, you know, the pitching staffs that I've, uh, you know, had the luxury to work with. So I think that's the big thing is utilize your defense, um, have the ability to strike a guy out when you need it. I think that we're going to be great friends <laughs> because as unreasonable as it might sound, Corey and I have always dreamed of seeing the 27-pitch perfect game. So <laughs> I think that you and I are on the same page right here. Now, I, I am really curious if you could kind of walk us through what's the draw to come back to Texas. Is it the front office? Is it the owners, the players? Is it the past success that you had here? Like, what brought you back here? Well, the number one, the draw is always going to be the players. You know, fans fans come out to to watch the players, and they they like to see the players win, and that's bottom line. You know, who, who's in the dugout, coaching, managing, front officing, scouting. You know, that that's all by the wayside, man. It's all about the players, and our job is to, you know, prepare the players to be the best they can be that day. And I think that's the draw is you know having prepared players go out there, play hard in front of the fans, hustle their tails off and play the game the right way. I think that's that's the draw. On an individual basis, my draw coming back here was um you know I talked to CY, heard his vision of what you know what he wants, um a little bit of retro baseball, you know, a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears when you go out there and that was very appealing to me. And um I had been away for the last <clears throat> what 7 years or so and you know, it's a time in my life where I need to slow down and I thought sleeping in my own bed would just be perfect and <laughs> So I'm very happy to be back. Is it hard to find that mentality across baseball? I know you said you've been out for a little bit, but 
that, you know, old style or like mix of the old and new, is it hard to find franchises that want to pursue that? Well, I've kind of only been privy to the ones I've been in. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of pay attention to, you know, what I can do with this staff or what I can do today to make myself better or to make somebody else better. And, you know, worrying about uh, 29 other teams, I think it's tough enough to handle your own team, right. much less to handle 29 others. So I've always just tried to really focus on what we were doing and how we could be the better team that day. Man, a, a guy who you had with the Texas Rangers was Martin Perez. And last year he had a breakout year, all-star pitcher. When you look at the Martin Perez that you had early in his career versus what you saw last year, what was the major difference you saw? I thought that Martin was able to handle the situations better. You know, Martin always had the the, the delivery. I mean, man, his delivery is like textbook. If I always said, you know, 15 years ago or whatnot, I could watch this guy throw all day just because he was so smooth and effortless and body moves well, everything else had good command. But, you know, like a lot of young players, you you have to know what the best version of yourself is. And and he would get in his way a lot of times by letting the moment dictate his emotions. And I think uh, the guy that we saw last year was a guy that has overcome um, he's flipped the 180 on that in that he controls the situation. And when emotions get tough, he's able to step off the mound, catch his breath, say, no, I'm in charge here. And I think just by doing that, you really saw the maturation of Martin Perez and, you know, 196 innings. That's pretty darn good on anybody's ball club. So when it comes to the Texas Rangers, there's a lot of prospects that we like, whether it's Owen White or Cole Wynn or Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. And I know you're going to be concentrating on your major league staff but when I got called up to the major leagues, Dick Pohl was my uh, pitching coach with the Cleveland Indians, and I got into the game, and he said, so what do you throw? And I'm just wondering now, that's 2001, I'm just wondering how much information will you have, let's just say it's a Cole win in June who gets called up to the major leagues, how much information uh, do you have and where do you get that from to try to help out a Cole win when he were to get called up to the Rangers? Well, I think – in spring training, we will build, even before spring training, you, you have your pitching department, you know, and I think it works from the top down. And I am always in communication over the course of the year with the AA and the AAA pitching coach and even friendly friendly phone calls to all the pitching coaches. But there's so much um, up and down between AAA and, and the major leagues that you need to know who's pitching in AAA and you need to know what they're doing. And then you have your prospects in AA that might be knocking on the door and passing some guys up. So, um, you know, being in communication with the AA pitching coach about who's doing this, who's doing what. And, you know, it's kind of an open forum. And we do get minor league video. And I like to watch those uh, those guys on the just, – just to get a glimpse of them and see what they're doing. So familiarizing yourself not only with your big league team but with the depth – from the guys that will be coming up eventually, whether it be uh, somebody goes on the disabled list or maybe it's production-based. Um, it's it's tough when um, to have, like Dick Pohl told you, Mike, that, you know, what do you throw? Hmm. You know, that's kind of a humbling thing for the player. Like, yeah, I'm really important here, aren't I? I'm a hot shot. And he's like, but what yeah. do you throw? <laughs> Rangers pitching coach Mike Maddox joining us here on 105.3 The Fan, your home of the Texas Rangers. And, Mike, we, you know, we've never really gotten overwash and you and the group that we had here back in 2010, 2011, and what y'all did – We've always loved the the personality that came along with it. What do you know about Bruce and y'all's working relationship that y'all are going to be able to to kind of grow there? Well, you know, Boach was always across the field, and 
he was always just the the calm. You you could look over there at Boach and you didn't know if they were up ten, down ten, if they were throwing a no hitter or getting no hit. Man, just uh, talk about about as even keel as you can get. And you could always watch his teams play, and the teams were all in. And you knew that that was uh, one guy that could get everybody on the same page and playing hard every day. And you know his, his success speaks for itself. You know that's not by dumb luck; it's by doing something. But I think he deflects all credit and gives all the credit to the players. And players love him. Coaches love him. Um, everybody in the game loves him. Just very well respected. And I'm tickled pink to be working with him. We we had a bit back in when we were working nights. Uh, we did a bit where you walk out to the pitching mound and you say, uh, pitch better. Like that was the advice. With the hand on yeah, the you shoulder. you put your hand on the shoulder <laughs> and you put your hand in front of your mouth with the two fingers and your advice was pitch, pitch better. better. And then it seemed like every time you walked to the mound, the pitcher was pitching better the next moment. I've always wondered, what is what is your advice when you get up there? It depends on the situation. It depends on, on the pitcher. You know, uh, it could be a pat on the back. It could be a kick in the butt. But more often than not, it says, you want to get this guy out, here's what you do. And that comes with, uh, you know, the advanced work that uh, we put in that we kind of know the hitter. We'll know the hitter more than the pitcher does and more than the catcher does. And that's kind of, you know, let's attack your strength to his weakness or whatever we have, but try to come up with a formula to get that guy out quickly. I'm guessing not, but I just have to know, is it ever a non-baseball topic where you're like, (laughs) I don't really think the Olive Garden is that great. Just to like kind of reset their mentality. There can be. There can be. And, and, I uh, re- I recall Larry Durker coming out one time and started singing the Eagles. You know, I got a peaceful, easy feeling. And you're like, all right, hey, I know that song. Yeah, peaceful, easy feeling. But you can't sing, Larry. You can't sing, though. Well, you sing it then because I got a peaceful, easy feeling. You know, just you never know what's going to come out of the horse's mouth out there. That is outstanding. And then kind of a, another question is I know you were talking about focusing on the guys that are here and under contract, and I think we all understand that. But I am curious, since the Rangers have been caught up in the rumor mill of so many big-name pitchers, do you kind of follow that a little bit, or do you read some stuff and be like, oh, yeah, that would be lovely? Or do they ask for your input about bringing in specific guys? Well, needless to say, I've kind of been out of town. We've had the holidays since I come aboard. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not privy to everything that's been said and, and spoken about, privy to some things. But uh, the names that are being mentioned are appetizing. They've definitely got proven track records. And um, if you can get some guys that have those proven track records and give your younger guys a opportunity to develop so that when they are more prepared, when they come to the big leagues, it'll have a better impact for your team and better longevity for the, your younger players. So uh, I do like the names that are being thrown out there. And, you know, like some of the young young guys that we have on the way up, they might not be ready this year, you know, to open the season, possibly midseason or maybe in 24. But in the meantime, um, those uh, proven players, proven players that can go out there and um, carry the weight and give younger players a chance to develop, I think that's very healthy for the organization. Yeah, we figured if the Rangers this week, since they've got you back, Mike, if they just go get DeGrom, Verlander, and Rodon to add to Perez and Gray, oh that would be gosh. a pretty fun starting five yeah, for you to work good. with. Yeah. Man, <laughs> how smart would uh, would all the coaches be then? <laughs> I feel like the owners are listening right now and be like, golly, I'm going to need another checkbook, man. 
Mike, we really appreciate your time very much. Thank you very much. You we look forward to talking with you a lot through uh, through uh, next season, man. I look forward to it also. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. There you go. Mike Maddox right here on 105.3 The Fan. You know, it's interesting. I, I know he was joking right there at the end about how smart we would look at coaches, but I did think that was some interesting insight. I use that word twice into his philosophy yes. about if we did bring some people on and it helps slow the process for some of yeah. the young guys, not a bad idea. I like that. I, I do think the Rangers are going to sign a starting pitcher. I'd love for it to be two, but I do think they're going to sign a starting pitcher. And rumors are that probably Rodon will probably be the guy that they have a a, a, a better chance of getting than DeGrom or a Verlander or somebody like that, which would be really nice to get. Now, here's what I love and I don't know if it's going to come to pass, but the Rangers recently have been, you strike people out. Yeah. You do not get quick outs. And then they sometimes revert back to like, now they have 100 pitches in three innings. They're like, hey, maybe we should get some people out early. And it's like, yeah, you guys are teaching this thing backwards. And I do love what Mike Maddox just said. He wants the three pitch inning. He wants early yeah. contact. He doesn't want He doesn't want you showing your five pitches that you have to the first two hitters of the game. Like, that's what the Rangers have been doing. Hey, that's why Cliff you got Lee fastball, to... curveball, slider, changeup. I need you to throw all four of those pitches in your first ten pitches. That's wrong. And I love that Mike Maddox is like, that's not the way we want to do it. Sometimes you have to, but we don't want to do it that way. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, let's talk Mavs and try to fix some problems. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. See masterpiece back here on 105.3 the fan boom is negative joey is here i like it he did what? not need it's usually positive joey but he's like look you saw what happened in that game we need to play a realistic highlight let's talk about the mavericks and dare i say let's try to tinker with a few things and perhaps fix a few things because I have some staggering numbers for you thus far. You know, it's interesting before you get into it. I feel like, you know, I follow Chuck Cooperstein, who calls the games on radio for the Dallas Mavericks. And I think that a lot of people that are even really tight with the Mavericks are confused that Jason Kidd's not really trying anything different. He's just yeah. hoping the old way works eventually. Yeah, and I think that is the most perplexing part to me is I don't like entirely that we're also taking everything as a this game determines the future every time you know like I would just love to say hey there's going to be five straight days of competitive basketball or five straight games of whenever or five straight games where you're in competitive basketball there we go is you're going to play Christian Wood in the last five minutes every single time and like then we'll take that sample size because it feels like game to game and a lot of this reflects on Christian Wood, even though there's more to it than that. It's like, well, Christian Wood didn't do this, and they lost. Or Christian Wood did this, and they still lost. Or Christian Wood didn't do this, and they won. And, like, it feels like whatever happens in the next game is directly reflected off of only the last game. We don't take any bigger sample sizes. And the Mavericks got to check some stuff out right now. Is that because there's this – that's kind of how we treat football season – and the Mavericks had a very successful postseason last year, and so now it's like the the tension is more on 
what they're doing because no. they have to get back to it. So we study it like we do each individual Cowboys game. No, no. I'm saying I think the Mavericks are doing that. Uh, for fans. Fans, fans knock, are too. No, no. Knock yourself out. I got no beef with that. I'm saying it feels like the Mavericks are making like, those type of reactions too. And Kevin, I'm just going off of Brad Townsend's tweets here. So you know Mark Cuban which, told him what to say. Which are which are everybody tweets Brad Townsend is like, why haven't you asked him this yet? Sure. Why haven't you asked Jason Kidd about this? He's like, I literally ask him this every day. Yeah. And, and I, I do I, that I do. And believe. I think that when Jason I wonder how much that affects Jason Kidd's decision thoughts on things when they're like, you know what, we do need to be a little less this and a little more that, or a little more this, a little less that. Which that I actually don't like, believe it or not, is I would like my head coach, and maybe that's exactly what he was doing. I want my head coach to know exactly what he's doing, and he's like, you can ask all the fancy questions you want. I'm still going to do it this way. I think that that's how I have a feeling is that he's very focused on, look, I, my process is this right now. That's fine. And we'll take a turn whenever, hopefully, hopefully they can take that turn. As long as it's a big picture process. I don't like the big picture right now, but obviously I'm not coaching the team. You didn't draw it. There are, that's a good point, is there are some reasons for concern. The Mavericks have lost four consecutive games. That is their longest streak since they lost seven straight times in March of 2019, mm. that was late in Luca's rookie season. And then to go along with that, the idea that if Luca doesn't show out, your team is doomed. Luca has scored less than 25 points four times this season. The Mavericks are 0 and 4 in those games. And so I think even if he scores under 30, they're 0 and 5. I think that is I think that is correct. And so first of all, that shows you like how much he's been scoring points. Secondly, and probably the vastly more concerning aspect of it is if he doesn't, you're going to lose. Yeah, but who else is going to show up, Kevin? Okay, and that is I'm glad that you brought that up. I can't wait till Dorian Finney-Smith is our point guard. Look, not that. Scoring 30 a night. You know what? I appreciate that you're bringing ideas to the table. So I do not want to reject that idea straight up. All I right. will say it's maybe not my favorite idea. Okay. And perhaps we can consider a couple of other things. That sounds good. I would love to. I'm not looking for Hardy to come in here and change everything. I would love to see him come up and get a look of 8 to 10 minutes and then make determinations about just in this space if that's probably where you should cap him or if you should send him back to the G League or if he shows himself to be usable usable enough in terms of he can also move and pass the ball that maybe you shouldn't consider 15 or 20 minutes to like alter some of the usage rate. And then maybe Hardy and Dinwiddie could help fill more of the void of running the offense and moving the ball that Jalen Brunson did such an excellent job with. I would like to see more all-in for Christian Wood. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but I would love to see more of a definitive sample size. At some point, this is kind of the desire that you would see those three guys on the court as sure the dominant group as opposed to, I know what Finney Smith and Bullock have given us and their defensive efforts, like Bullock has said very clearly, I, my defense is first for me. Uh, I mean, the, the three is not working right now, so it better be. But like, is would you love to see you know the c- contributions from Hardy and Wood be in the starting rotation? Not yet for Hardy. For Wood, a thousand percent. 
For Hardy, I, I'm okay with taking a slower approach, but what I don't want is, like, he just bounced back up to the roster, but that's just a placeholder till Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker, probably. What I would love to see is if they were like, you know what, as long as you're here, let's go ahead and roll out eight to ten minutes, and let's give you at least one, two more games, however long it takes Kemba Walker to get acclimated, and then take a look at those three and then you're like, you know what? Maybe we do need to figure something else out and keep you up here because you can be a usable part of the rotation. I'm not anticipating that, but I wanted to throw out a couple of ideas so it's not just like, oh, the Mavericks suck, blah, 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 blah. Like, there you know, are ideas. I, I've thrown out this, and I, I don't think he's going to do it, but there's still 60 more games to try. Stop playing, stop playing Luka Doncic the first 12 minutes of the game. I like think the entire twelve minutes you're saying. Yeah, not, sorry. Don't the, play uh, him the, in the first, first quarter. quarter. Like I think I think play him. Let's just say the first six minutes, and usually they take out Dinwiddie there. Well, maybe leave Dinwiddie in there for three more minutes. I mean, you're limited on on what it's going to be bad when Luca goes off the court. It's bad. Yeah. But rest them three minutes, and then bring them in the last three minutes of this of the first quarter. So you try to have a good close, and then. Play him in the second quarter, the first three minutes. Then sit him out three minutes. Then play him the last six minutes. But right now, Luka is scoring half of his points almost in the first quarter. Half of his points for the whole game are the first 12 minutes of the game. Well, he's everything to our team. We're sure. not a very good team if he's not scoring or at least really getting a lot of easy looks for the team. And I feel like he is giving all this energy to the first quarter, and I'm not saying don't try in the first quarter, but playing him the whole 12 minutes, then sitting him out six minutes, I feel like the Mavericks lose a lot of momentum, a lot of everything when he sits out six-plus minutes of game time. And maybe he wants to play a lot, then get a big rest. But i like, would it be better to give him shorter rest and not have the team have to play such long stretches with him out of the game. He's not a good fourth quarter player statistically, and I think part of it is is all the energy he wastes playing all twelve minutes of the third quarter. No other player does that. No, I and and we talked a couple weeks ago, I believe, about how his shooting percentage, true shooting percentage, and points were all down in the fourth quarter. And the first quarter is I love. When we win the first quarter, but it feels like that's not a quarter where you obviously win the game. And right. so we're selling all the way out for first quarter when we should like, you know, you could sell a lot of the way out, but and, maybe not all the way. And Corey, Luca did this when Porzingis complained to Carlisle, Carlisle's last year here. He was taking Porzingis out after five to six minutes into the game. And Porzingis said, I don't like this. I don't like playing five or six minutes and coming out of the game. I need to get into more of a rhythm, and I want to play longer. So what did he do? He said, all right, if Porzingis can't play the first five to six minutes, and then he's going to say, my next 36 minutes are going to be horrible if you do that to me, I'm going to play Lucas six minutes and then sit him out for three minutes. Then I'm going to take Porzingis out three minutes left in the first quarter and bring Luca back in. So Luca has done that rotation. But I, I feel like this is the weird thing is that Kid isn't trying any different rotations. He's not really trying any different players for the most part. He's just going, what I did last year is yeah. eventually going to work. Kevin, here's you you said you wanted to see those minutes from Hardy. Yes. Here's the best way for the that to happen and continue to happen. Hardy party. Make the shots. Yeah, like, I mean, like, that's fair. Make it to where the coach can't take you off the the court. You know, just he's too hot right now. I got to leave him out there. 
and keep being that guy. And maybe Jason Kidd, I'm using this term a lot. You'll hear me. I think Mike Maddox said it without using the term. You got to turn the light on for the player. Yeah. That's a Bill Parcellsism is sometimes you have to tell them what they're about to do. And then they go out there and execute it and they trust you that, hey, you just told me what I was supposed to do. I can do this all the time now. And so he just need maybe he needs Jason Kidd to say, you're about to go, you're going to catch one, a three from uh, Luca, and you're going to make it, and then you're going to get on the defensive end, and then you're going to come back down and hit another one. And if he does that, then Jason Kidd has no other options, but got to keep getting that guy in. You know, I think that is a fair perspective at a time when this team is absolutely hurting for quality shooting. Like, I know with Reggie Bullock, somebody brought up the shooting struggles of last year, and you're right. Reggie Bullock, like, traditionally turns it around in January. We can be hopeful for that. Tim Hardaway Jr. has started this season off horribly. So, I think you're right. Is If Hardy can hit shots, they'll pretty much be stuck. And they're like, well, we got to have somebody that can make shots. <laughs> it's kind of how we got with, with uh, yeah. Hardaway. And we are asking for Nico Harrison on the show. We're going to try yes. to speak to the general manager of the Dallas Mavericks either later this week or next week to kind of ask yeah. how he sees the first quarter of this season. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we have our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola, right here on 105 Through the Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.